0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now, this guy was demon possessed five minutes ago. Five
1: minutes ago. And now he's sent by Jesus to be the one and only missionary in Gadara. He's got no formal training, no Bible college, no seminary. He didn't take an evangelism class. He doesn't own a Bible. He hasn't memorized the Romans' road to salvation. He doesn't know any Bible verses. And Jesus says, just just go home and tell your family and your friends the great things that God has
0: done for you. Do you ever hesitate to share the gospel because you don't feel adequate for the task? Or perhaps you're facing a very resistant audience and just have a feeling no one will listen. Well, today, Pastor Dan will encourage you to simply share what God has done for you. Just start there. One man, healed by Jesus, shared his own story of redemption with an entire region of resistant unbelievers and changed a nation. Many came to believe in Jesus for salvation because of one man's courage to share the gospel. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 49 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Some Christians do not consider the spiritual impact of their decisions that they make. They only think, you know, they only think on the horizontal and give no thought to the vertical at all. And does it just appeal to the flesh? Well, this looks good. This seems good. I think this will make me happy. And that's how they make their decision. And that's how you end up living on the east side of the Jordan River, constantly harassed by the enemy. And they just, you know, they just assume the spiritual stuff will work itself out. And you should make the decision the other way. Focus on the spiritual. How is this going to affect my relationship with the Lord? I want to do the thing that's going to bring me closest to the Lord Jesus Christ, where I'm going to grow the most in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, and he's going to add all the other things. Instead, quite often, people will focus on all the other things and think, well, Jesus will just be added to that. They've got it backwards. Now, not only did Gad experience frequent raids from their neighbors, uh, neighbors like Moab and Ammon and Syria, uh, Gad, along with Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh, they were the first tribes carried away in the captivity by the Assyrians. They were the first tribes conquered by the Assyrians and enslaved. Well, of course they were, because they're on the east side of the Jordan River. They were the first tribes that Assyria came to when they came to invade the land. They were the first ones picked off. Right? Again, there's great spiritual application for us in this. And you know people, I know people, that have made a decision in the flesh, and then you see them, you know, sometime later, and they're not even walking with the Lord anymore. Or their kids are totally spun out. They've been living on the east side of the Jordan River. Made themselves an easy target. Now, go back to chapter 49 again, and let's look at our verse for today. Again, let me read it to you. Verse 19, Gad, a troop shall tramp upon him. That's what we've just looked at. But... He shall triumph at last. So the, the second part of the prophecy about Gad is that they shall triumph at, at last. Yes, because of their decision, because they walked in the flesh and made this decision in the flesh. They end up on the east side of the Jordan River. They put themselves in a position where they were constantly tramped upon by enemy armies. But the second half of this prophecy is he shall triumph. At last. Well, when did Gad triumph? I just said they were carried away into captivity by the Assyrians. So when did Gad triumph? In the New Testament. In the New Testament. In the New Testament, the territory of Gad is called Gadara. It was the region of the Gadarenes. Maybe you remember that name from the Gospels. The story found in the Gospels of the demon-possessed man who lived in Gadara. Right? Right? He lived in Gad, stretches all the way up to the southern part of the Sea of Galilee. That's Gadara in the New Testament. So, let's see how they triumphed. Turn with me over to Luke chapter 8 in the New Testament. Because they triumph at last, so let's see how. Luke chapter 8, verse 22, it says, Now it happened... On a certain day that Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. Now, I want you to note here when Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Uh, Jews at that time, they lived on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. And generally speaking, Jews did not cross over to the other side of the lake or the other side of the Sea of Galilee because the other side of the Sea of Galilee was pagan. It was an area known as the Decapolis or the Ten Roman Cities. And they were pagan cities. They were full of idolatry. They were full of uh, immorality and and perversity and uncleanness of all uh, all kinds. And so, uh, so the Jews didn't go over there it was defiling. And so here, just right off the bat here on this, you know, it just so happened on a certain day, they get into the boat and they, the disciples are looking at Jesus, where do you want to go? And Jesus says, well, let's cross over to the other side. And when Jesus says that to the, the, to the Jewish disciples, when he says, let's cross over to the other side, uh, that would have put the disciples on edge. Because we don't go over there, we're Jews. We don't go to the other side. But it says they launched out. Okay, you want to go to the other side? We'll go to the other side. Verse 23, but as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. Now, Mark's gospel tells us that he fell asleep on a pillow. So apparently he knew he was going to take a nap on this trip. He brought a pillow with him on the boat. I like that. I think that's funny to me. He also knows there's a storm that's going to come. (laughs) But he's he's going to take a nap during the storm. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Notice the wording here. This is where we're going to get a little Bible nerdy on you. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in in jeopardy. Notice the windstorm came down on the lake. Uh, Cold air comes down from the north, from Mount Hermon, and there's kind of these mountain ranges that it creates kind of a tunnel or a funnel and the cold air from the north comes down over the Sea of Galilee, and it literally just kind of drops down onto the Sea of Galilee. And the effect that that has is you can have one moment where it's very calm and smooth waters, and a few minutes later, you've got wind kicking up, huge swells, huge waves, not necessarily a, a, a thunderstorm or a tropical storm like we might have here, But just all of a sudden, this wind drops down, this cold air drops down on the Sea of Galilee, and you have these big swells of waves that come out of nowhere. I remember many years ago, I was in Israel, and when you go to the Sea of Galilee, they've got these little tour boats you can go out on and do a little cruise on the Sea of Galilee. And we're out on the Sea of Galilee, and our captain of our little boat, we were talking about this passage And he explained this phenomenon that happens there on the Sea of Galilee and these big storms that can come up, these wind storms that kick up huge waves. And I remember he said, I've actually had two boats capsize in those storms. We're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee on one of these boats with him, and he's the captain, right? Maybe share that story when we get to shore kind of thing. So they came to him in verse 24. They awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm with just a storm. It was just a word. It's interesting that Jesus can calm a storm with just a word, isn't it? Are you going through a storm right now in your life? You know, Jesus can just speak a word and bring calm into your life. And so verse 25, he said to the disciples, where is your faith? Right? He said, let's go over to the other side. He didn't say, let's go out to the middle and sink. Where's your faith? And they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water and they obey him. Now, they ask the question, who can this be? Well, Psalm 107, verse 29 says, The Lord, Yahweh, makes the storm a calm so that the waves there are, of, are still. Psalm 89, verse 8 says, O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. The disciples marvel and say to one another, who can this be since he commands the winds and water and they obey him? Could it be the Lord God? That's the implication of their question. Now, later, the disciples will be in another storm, a second storm. This is like uh, storm 101, and they're going to go through storm 201 in a couple years. And when Jesus calms that storm, uh, it, in that, and when Jesus calms that storm, it says the disciples worshipped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. They answered their question from the first storm. Who can this be? Well, truly, it's the son of God. So they get in the storm. He calms the storm. Verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee, where Gad goes up to the Galilee, the country of the Gadarenes, And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes, he's naked, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. And the disciples, I'm sure, were thinking, this is why we don't come to the other side. This is exactly why we never come over here. Because stuff like this happens when you come over here. I knew this was a bad idea. How do you tell Jesus, I told you so,
0: right?
1: We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him And he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demons into the wilderness. Verse 30, Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And the demons answer. He said, Legion, because many demons have entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now, a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. You can stop right there. They're raising swine in Gadara, which are unclean animals according to the Jewish law. Now, you remember the story of the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son, it says, goes to a faraway country, and he ends up feeding swine. Right? When Jesus is telling that parable to the Jews On the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and their minds, they're thinking, he went across the lake. He went to the other side. He's over in the Decapolis because they raised swine over there. That's the far country he must have gone to. Verse 33. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain, so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and they drowned. Verse 34, when those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting, look what it says, at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid you know that's what jesus does in a person's life he he puts them in their right mind right and the, the people though the people when they saw this guy clothed and seated at the feet of jesus and in his right mind they were they were afraid they were afraid they were afraid of jesus's power to transform a person's life so radically. You know, some people are afraid of what Jesus can do in a person's life. You'd think they'd celebrate. You'd think they'd give Jesus a key to the city. But they're afraid. And so verse 36 now, they also who had seen it told them by what means uh, he who had been demon-possessed was healed, Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And so Jesus got into the boat and he returned. He goes back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged Jesus that he might be with him, that he could go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And so the man went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Now this guy was demon-possessed five minutes ago. Five minutes ago. And now he's sent by Jesus to be the one and only missionary in Gadara. He's got no formal training, no Bible college, no seminary. He didn't take an evangelism class. He doesn't own a Bible. He hasn't memorized the Romans' road to salvation. He doesn't know any Bible verses. And Jesus says, just, just go home and tell your family and your friends the great things that God has done for you. Anybody can do that, right? You know, I think we overcomplicate this whole evangelism thing and, and sharing the gospel with people. Well, I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped to share my faith. I'm not equipped to be a missionary. What if somebody asked me a question I can't answer? Well, Jesus didn't seem to be concerned about that. He sends this guy out. And he says, just tell him the great things that God has done for you. If, listen, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, and you're equipped. You're good to go. Even if you've been a Christian for just five minutes. You can go tell people what Jesus Christ has done for you. My life was a hot mess. Then I met Jesus Christ. Totally changed me. Put me in my right mind. Psalm 66 verse 16 says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. That's all you're doing. If You don't know a lot of Bible verses. You're new to the faith. Just go tell people what God has done for your soul. Man, I'm born again. I've got new life in Christ. Well, what about, I don't know. All I know, man, is I was once was lost. And now I'm found. You know, I, was, I had self-destructive behaviors. I, was, I don't know anymore. He set me free, you know. So this guy, he goes out and he proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. But, but remember the prophecy in Genesis 49 that God is going to triumph at last. So... So we still haven't seen that yet. So it's kind of like, you know, okay, so what's the rest of the story? Well, the rest of the story now is found in Matthew 15. Go to Matthew 15. So Jesus sends this guy out and tells him, just go tell people the great things God has done for you. He goes out. He proclaims that throughout the whole city. Now, Matthew 15, later in his ministry, we're later in his ministry now, Jesus returns back to that region of the Decapolis. He comes back, right? Matthew 15, verse 30. Matthew 15, verse 30. Jesus comes back into the Decapolis. And here's what happens when he comes back in verse 30. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. And so the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And notice what it says, and they glorified the God of Israel. Because the God of Israel isn't their God. They're, they're in the Decapolis, the God of Israel, is the God of the Jews over on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So they're glorifying the God of Israel. So Jesus comes back and everybody comes out and they're bringing all of their sick and their lame and every and they're bringing them out for Jesus to heal. I would say the guy who became the one and only missionary did a pretty good job telling people about Jesus. Because now everybody's coming out. To Jesus. Again, back in Genesis 49, the prophecy, Gad shall triumph. Gad shall overcome at last through faith in Jesus Christ. The people of Gad overcame. They triumphed at last through Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 it says, listen, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Three times in those two verses, John speaks of overcoming the world. Overcoming the world. The world is what lies between us and heaven. The world is what impedes us, the love of the world, the love of the things of the world. That's what that's what gets in the way. The love of the world is what caused God to choose to stay on the eastern side of the Jordan River because it looked good to them from a worldly point of view. It was the, their love of the world that brought God so much trouble. How do we overcome the world? John says it's by faith in Jesus Christ by faith in Jesus Christ, by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He died for our sins on the cross and that He was resurrected from the dead and through His resurrection we're justified. And through Jesus Christ we have eternal life. He he saves us out of this world. He, He saves us out of this world system. And so we triumph over this world. Maybe you're here today, you've made some bad decisions in your life. Some decisions in the flesh where you were walking by sight and not by faith and and the decisions you made have just brought trouble and trials into your life. Well, listen, you can overcome the world through faith in Jesus Christ, where you will have victory and you will triumph at last. And Lord, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the example of Gad, Lord, how you brought victory to them. They triumphed through you. Lord, I pray that you would help us have victory through you and overcome the world and enticements of the world. Help us, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to always seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and every, every decision that we make. Help us to acknowledge you in all our ways and allow you to direct our paths. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: He asked me how I know, and I say, Ring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, CalvaryEC.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the